Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Dylan, you are our second ever guest on this podcast. How's it feel? Feels like a silver medal, Lonnie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, happy to be. That's good. Hello there, welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie. Her name is Sine. How's it going, Sine? Hi, good, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> okay, it's a good introduction. Awesome. Keep people yep. interested from the get-go. Okay, good. Uh, it's not just you and me this week, Sine, like it normally is. We normally talk about a movie we like, mm-hmm. what we've seen recently. We're joined by a special guest. He might have got the silver medal, but he's got gold <laughs> the gold medal in my heart. It's Dylan Hallis. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing fantastic, Lonnie, because I get to talk to two of my favourite people today. Aww. Aww. Now, Dylan, what, what, who are you? Explain yourself to people <laughs> who maybe haven't listened to you, the other podcast that you're Show on. your credentials, uh, thank you, and state your business here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just a regular man, a nomad, if you will. <laughs> nah, you? just... <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Don't even know the meaning of the word. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I just, uh, Lonnie and I have another podcast, don't we, Lonnie? Mm-hmm. Called I Miss You Man, and, uh, you know, we're all pretty good friends over here, you, me, Sinead, and, uh, you's needed someone with the DC expertise, and here I am. Yeah, this is really good that you're on this episode, Dylan, because uh, normally Sinead asks me questions about comic books and stuff, and, like, all the history of the characters and things, and mm-hmm. I, I do my best, but sometimes I'm just... On the fly, just try and make up stuff, just just try and answer a question. But I think you actually have the real answers, and then you've got that, that expert knowledge, which is great to hear, okay? Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll do my best, I reckon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, we've also had this plan for ages. We, we I watched this months ago, and so did Dylan, and <laughs> Dylan was like, we're not going to talk about it until we get on the pod. I was like, okay, okay. And then Sinead was the one who had to watch it, but then, rudely, you were locked down, weren't you, Sinead? Quite offensive, really, to me personally, yeah. Mm. And even though you asked several times the, the, the Prime Minister and the Premier, they wouldn't let you go out just by yourself to the cinema. Weird, right? I'd be safe on my own. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we bit the bullet and we downloaded it, like rented it online, so we watched it together um, from our separate places. That's that's Sine and I. Now, Dylan, I don't know if you liked the movie or not, however, because you haven't told me anything about it, however... You have watched it about eight times, I think, already. So I think that means you maybe you like some parts of it at least. Eight times? No, I've only watched it like four, I think. Four. I reckon. Yeah, four. I reckon more than that, Dylan. But okay. No, come on. I'm not. I'm not crazily obsessed with mediocre movies. Dylan, or? didn't you watch it last week and also this morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing cinema. his prep. That's okay. true dedication to the podcast, Lenny. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll talk about it just generally, like overall, what we thought about the movie first, and then we'll get stuck in the nitty-gritty. So, Dylan, you're the guest. You can go first. What do you think of the movie? Just general thoughts overall. What do you reckon? Overall, it's fairly good, I reckon. Well, I've waited months um, for you to tell me that, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> fairly good. You know, yeah, with James Gunn, unrestricted can be a bit hit or miss mm-hmm. with these movies like guardians one is way superior to guardians two and that's because he wasn't the only one writing it i truly believe that to be honest um but yeah overall pretty good pretty good probably one of the best dceu movies so far mm-hmm. yeah what do you guys reckon well what, what do you think tonight There were some bits that I really liked and some bits that I really didn't like. And Mm. it felt quite dissonant as a film, storyline-wise. 
plot-wise. So, I mean, I don't know. It does some cool things, but some other things really didn't work for me. So I guess it depends how much of a fan you are of DC and superheroes as to whether you'll like it, (laughs) I think. Well, how about this? Here's this question for you both. Mm -hmm. Compared to Suicide Squad, it's like night and day, isn't it? Yes. But but comparing a a pretty good movie to one of the worst movies of the last 10 years, yeah, of course it's better. (laughs) Definitely. I... Don't hate Suicide Squad. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not the best, I understand. But, you know, it's not terrible. It's okay, I think. I think it's a 6 out of 10 movie. Dylan, it must have mm. been terrible because they rebooted the entire <laughs> film. What well, are you talking about? Did they, though? Did oh. they, though? Or is it technically a tour? Is it a sequel? <laughs> well, okay. Here's my thing about the movie. It shouldn't mm. have been called The Suicide Squad because that's that's silly. Like, it, it's kind of, I guess it's half ironic or whatever. Mm. It should have been called The Suicide Squad Reboot. That would have been much funnier, <laughs> I thought, I think. Uh, listen, I've got lots of thoughts on the title and okay. I'm not happy about it. All right. Well, okay, just briefly, my thoughts. I quite liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a bit, like, down and dirty and I liked that mm. in some parts. And like you know, grimy, and there's some naughty stuff, and there's some stuff that's a bit icky. Um, and I liked some of the fake outs, and you know, some of the plot elements. But I also think maybe it kind of didn't do as much as it could have potentially. Like it's very much just the one mission they're on, and it doesn't go much higher than that. But also that's kind of cool because like a mission movie's alright. I quite liked it. You wouldn't take your kids to it, and um, yeah. It, Saying it's one of the better movies of the DCU, that's probably, yeah, faint praise because <laughs> haven't many good movies. Now, when, so Sorry, I was just going to check. When you said icky, did you mean gory? Yeah. Yeah, it's gory, but also there's like... What's the ickiness? Well, like, spoilers now from now on, okay? <laughs> they, they put a javelin through the Starro's eye and then they're <laughs> swimming around with rats inside of Starro's eye. Yes, disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Icky. Gross. (laughs) And, like, you know, just the way that there's, like, casual abandon of um, killing people. (laughs) I I really like the scene, but it is kind of, you know, take a step back. They walk through the the, um, Freedom Fighters um, camp and they're just killing people willy-nilly. Yeah. You know? Like, it's it's funny. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek. I understand that. Um, And, like, King Shark eats people out of nowhere. Like, all those things I like in some ways, but also I'm like, oh, it's not like a movie you're going to take your kids or your grandma to. It doesn't have to be. I feel like that character rebounded very quickly after finding her entire, like, squadron was killed. She's like, oh, you know, you get this and what? <laughs> yeah, and that clearly wasn't the only squad she had because she had more fighters later on, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Dylan, what, you've got positive things. Do you want to do positive things first or your quibbles first? What do you reckon? Oh, no, we can do the, the positives first, okay. I suppose. Go for it. Um, James Gunn's song choices, mm-hmm. always on point, I reckon. You know, we've got Johnny Cash, we've got Pixies, we've got Kansas, gold all round, I think. Yeah. Fitting with their scenes that they're in. I think that's fair yeah. enough, and that's obviously Guardians has a good soundtrack too, so... Yeah, both. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon he, for the most part, has kept all the best parts of the first Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Viola Davis as The Wall, perfect casting. Um, love Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, and I personally love Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. I don't know about you two. But... What do you think, Sine? I don't really care. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we didn't get to see much of him. He had like two lines. It's one of my quibbles. Ah. <laughs> I love Captain Boomerang in comics and in the movies. He got done dirty in this. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's better than him not being in it at all. But, yeah. That leads to one of my points, Dylan, that I can mm. try and build on if that's okay. Of course. I, think, I, I did like that there were interesting characters, like Polka Dot Man and... <laughs> Even Boomerang, like, 
I find normally these films are so like hell bent on giving us the Joker over and over and over mm. again, right? Or Catwoman yeah. or whatever. And I like seeing these other characters because the DC universe is so rich and there's so many of them. Yeah. However, when one appears, they almost always have some bit supporting role and get killed off. So there's no chance for character development or for them to carry through the series, if that makes sense. Like, Polka Dot Man's dead now. So you've wasted like his first mm. time in the cultural sort of conversation and you can't bring him back. Same with Boomerang. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's they're giving us a taste of this wide universe, but then they just kill off these cool characters and go straight back to the default ones that we were already had before. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I can no, I can I can hear what you're saying, but I suppose that's why they use pretty much just like D-list villains for this whole film. So they are expendable and they can get rid of them like yeah, putting in any main ones like Catwoman and Clayface. They're obviously not going to die. Yeah, fair. I think I'm just thinking like in Nolan's Batman's, we get Scarecrow for a bit, but nothing ever really happens with him and he just dies. Like... I don't know. I just I'm sick of being hinted at these cool characters and seeing a glimpse of them, but then them not ever wanting to deal with them as a character. Like, yeah, do you not no. have complaints that Cal of Nabam wasn't included? Yeah, he was there. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he was in the prison. He called Polka Dot Man a fucking pussy. <laughs> oh, that was Cal of Nabam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lincoln, you missed that for that one. Yeah. Oh, but he's there. He's made his live-action debut, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> well, I really liked John Cena as Peacemaker, but apparently mm-hmm. that's a bit controversial with Sine. Oh. It's, no, it's not controversial that you liked him as Peacemaker. The thing I have an issue with is that he's getting his own show. And there's a quote. Hold, please. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you wanted to know more characters, um, Sine, so... I mean, yeah. What do you want? Not a peacemaker show, Lonnie. When you listen. Hold on, I'm trying to find a quote. (laughs) I thought I had it. I thought I had it, but I didn't. That's all right. Well, did you like John Cena, Dylan? Yeah, I thought he was great. I'm obviously biased because he's been one of my boys for a long time before Hollywood Mm -hmm. in wrestling. I think he's so a really good actor, he's, isn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, he's very charismatic. Not everyone can, can pull off going from wrestling into mainstream movies, can they? No, no, I think it's just like him, Batista, and The Rock so far, really. Yeah. I think they're the biggest ones. Let's face it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got, I've got the quote. Okay. Okay, so it's in relation to Peacemaker getting his own show. Mm. And this is what James Gunn said. He says... A lot of the characters are much better than they were at the beginning and Peacemaker has a lot to learn. It's that ability to learn that, for me, makes him a little bit more likeable. Sorry, he killed characters. (laughs) He killed our heroes in cold blood. He killed Harley's love interest. I was was interested in seeing that develop a little bit further with the Captain Man. Big flag. Yes. Mm. And I just feel like... It's anti-heroes have to be doing something for the greater good and he wasn't doing something for the greater good. And oh. I feel like, Dylan, I'm in a rant. Can't stop me when I'm in a rant. The <laughs> wish fulfillment thing that we have, this obsession with media at the moment because we don't get it in real life, of people who do terrible, awful things somehow being able to be redeemed because that's what we hope in our hearts is true about the world. But I don't think it's reality and I think doing it over and over and over again is just wish fulfilment and gratuitous. <sighs> okay, I'm done. Okay. okay. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I think he's an interesting character because in his mind he is doing these things for the greater good. Like he truly believes that. And that's why I think he's more interesting. For but I definitely show? hear where you're coming from. Like a whole show about him? Well, don't know if it's going to be good or not, but we'll see. (laughs) I thought the interesting thing about him was that he's so much into, um, he loves peace so much, he'll kill anyone 
you can to get peace sort of thing. That's an interesting yeah. dynamic. But also, he takes it to the nth degree, towards the movie, he kills the, the good soldier, like, for the greater good, you know. But he seems conflicted about it, which I thought was interesting yeah. to him. You yeah, can, you can tell he's, he's starting to question it, and he's kind of like telling Rick Flag, hey, don't make me do this, because I will do it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, he says, you're a hero, mm. I respect you pretty much, and... Yeah, you can see the anguish on John Cena's face. He's a good actor. When he actually mm. kills Rick Flagg, he's mm. like, oh, I really didn't want to do this, but I had to do it. So I think there's more to the character that will be explored in the show. But you're right. It might be bad. We don't, we don't know yet. <laughs> well, Tanae, what do you think of Bloodsport, Idris Elba? Love me some Idris. I mean, mm. sure. <laughs> well, he's just like every other crotchety like squad leader. I don't know. Well, Whoa. <laughs> you go, Dylan. Um, just Deadshot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, it is. They, they, like, they got to the point where Will Smith wasn't coming back, and so they just changed the character name, and pretty much it's the same character with a different actor. Yeah, basically. You know, skilled at using weapons, the assassin has a daughter, that's his one weakness, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, they were originally going to replace will smith with idris mm. and then they changed their mind but then they, they kept the the plot basically the, for the, the script yeah. <laughs> yeah did a control f replace <laughs> pretty much <laughs> a few touch-ups like obviously his daughter hates him instead of deadshot's daughter loving him that mm. sort of thing that's but good. yeah they didn't really change that much did they no no that's kind of one thing i think they could have changed a bit more is to have a different sort of character there but i really liked bloodshot and i liked idris elba it's about Tommy. He got some really good uh, mainstream roles, I think. I mean, yeah, he's been in the mainstream for a while, but like you know, leading movies like he is at the moment, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, and Harley Quinn, Dylan, I think you might have had some quibbles there. Is that right? <laughs> yes. So Harley, I probably like overall in media. Mm. I like her probably thirty-five percent of the time. Ooh. I think. It's a strange number to include. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like her in the original animated series. and I'd love her in her own show. She's played by Kaylee Kuiko, mm-hmm. who should have played her in live action. I'm saying. Oh, okay. What do you think of that, that um, Sine? Is that a fair enough comment? I mean, sure. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just saying she looks the part as much as Margot Robbie does. They're mm-hmm. both, you know, blonde... Women, yeah, <laughs> which is what Harley is, I guess. When you think about it, it's true, Dylan. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just I don't like the accent that she uses in this. It's part mm-hmm. of the reason I like Kaylee Cuoco because she's not just trying to do an Arlene Sorkin impression from mm-hmm. the '90s show, which it seems like every other Harley Quinn has to do. Um. I don't. I don't know. I just don't like her acting as Harley. I think it's it's cringy when she's trying to make jokes and be funny. I don't know. It might just be me, me personally, but yeah, that's what I reckon. I think we've kind of been a bit spoiled recently because the Harley Quinn TV show is so good, and yeah. for me, that's kind of taken over as the definitive Harley in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we watched that, didn't we, today? What do you think of what's your Harley hot take? Um. I like her. I think she's overused in media. Mm-hmm. I like Margot's iteration of her. But the show, the animated show is incredible, mm. like top tier. I, I think, I, I, oh, sorry, you go. I think my thoughts about Harley in, in this film was more that she felt really divorced from the main group. Mm. Like we had this whole like side mission B plot with her. And while I loved that and there were really cool moments in that, the flowers were awesome. The mm. fake out when she stabbed him when he was proposing to her was just so <laughs> cool. I really enjoyed that. Like I really liked her, her own sort of storyline, but it felt, I don't know if we spoke about this, Lonnie, but it almost felt like she has scheduling conflicts. And so we'll film all of Harley's scenes on her own for a month because that's all we can yeah. get Margot to do. And then we'll just slice them into the you know final film. Yeah, it felt a bit weird like that, didn't it? Almost like if it was a TV show, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes they have a Harley, like a like one character gets their own episode almost, or mm. or they have like the teams doing another mission and someone gets captured and, yeah, because of scheduling conflicts, they can give everyone else the week off or whatever. 
She kind of felt a bit like that, yeah. Like she was in her own movie for a while, which yeah, yeah. we're not the first people to say that, but it just kind of felt a bit strange. What, what do you think about that element, Dylan? Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Um, I I personally didn't really like when she was on her own. Like when she was escaping in that, I thought that was really good. I like that. Again, mm. good song choice to accompany it. Mm. I just, my problem with Harley Quinn, and specifically in regards to being on the Suicide Squad, what what value does she have? Like honestly, like I know I know she's smart. Like she used mm. to be a psychiatrist and everything. It's essentially like a crazy girl with a bat and or hammer, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what value is she adding? And she's always on the Suicide Squad, like every time. Like she doesn't have a special power or anything, is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what overall does she contribute, really? <laughs> yeah. I have this, yeah, issue with a lot of things where they're essentially bringing along human and it's like, no, obviously, just let, let – Batman or Wonder Woman, who's like a god, deal with things. Mm. Like, just stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my, yeah. my thing with um, Harley that I've been thinking of recently, and I think Sam and I spoke about this, Dylan, but I'm going to get your thoughts too, mm. is that her origin and a lot of her career as career, her character <laughs> portrayals, right, yeah. is all about the Joker. Like, she's very much the Joker's girlfriend. That's how she began... And that's how she's been defined for a very long time. Oh, yeah, she'll always be linked to him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. However, Jared Leto was so bad as the Joker in oh, Suicide Squad. No, let, let, me, let me finish. He ruined the Joker. Oh. And he was so bad and so badly received by the general public that Harley's had to go and fly off by herself now. And so her own movie was all about her breaking up with him and not going back to him. That's also the plot of most of the show, isn't that her, she and the Joker aren't together anymore. And in this movie, the Joker doesn't even get mentioned. I'm just thinking you go from Heath Ledger, wins an Oscar, beloved betrayal. Jared Leto ruins the character so much that another character who's linked to him, irrecoverably linked to him, also now is not anymore. And then he goes straight on to Joaquin Phoenix, <laughs> wins another Oscar. How would you feel if you're... Jared Leto, you, not totally your own fault necessarily, but just that movie and all the problems with it, you just fucked up the character, man. Oh, a bit rough. I actually didn't mind him as the Joker in Suicide Squad, well, if I'm honest. I, I also didn't mind him that much, but it's just like, for whatever reason, it's he became toxic and no one wants to see him as a Joker anymore. And as I'm saying, Harley, like we've got the definitive version of Harley on screen, like... Margaret Robbie, for better or worse, and I think mainly for the better, she is Harley Quinn at the moment, but she's not going to be anything to do with the Joker, even though that's the whole point of Harley Quinn is that she is, you know, linked to the Joker. Is that that weird? I think I mentioned that it could be a feminist take on it. Mm. Like, yes, I understand. I think it's more that they don't want to deal with Jared Leto's Joker and cleaning (laughs) up that mess. But um, it's interesting to take a character that was entirely defined by her relationship to a man and the best pieces of cinema around that character, the TV show, and I think maybe even Birds of Prey, hmm. are her on her own being independent. Yes, I know they deal with breaking up with him and moving on and stuff, but for the most part, like, she's the focus of the show. Do you know what hmm. I mean? And I yeah. think, like, I'm sort of on your side with Jared Leto, Lon, but sort of not. So I, I actually think the issue was threefold. I think... He didn't do a great performance. The way that that movie was was just a disaster. And also he was a victim of editing because, remember, he had such a he had this huge storyline that he was supposed to have mm. in that film and it yeah. just got completely cut. And so the bits that they left in the film make absolutely no sense because they haven't done the rest of the, like, narrative arc. So because of these three things, I think he just... You know, they didn't set him up with a fighting chance and it's a shame yeah. because he's they're not going to film another movie with him as Joker. I really, I'll eat my hat if that happens. <laughs> I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's unfair to me to say it's all his fault when he fucked up or whatever. But, yeah, he says there's so many factors that are contributing to that. Um, and you're right. There's apparently another version of Suicide Squad out there that's quite good, but that's not the one we got, is it? 
Well, maybe this is that. Mm, Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, I, like, I like both. I like both, you know. I'm sorry to say. I'm very easy to please. I, I see Deadshot in live action for the first time. I'm, I'm sold. You got me. That's good. Yeah, and I think it, maybe it, it's almost like... I don't mind the idea of taking another another take on the Joker and making him more of a, um, I don't know, what's, it, what's he in that? Maybe like a, a punk rap sort of. Kind of like a gangster. Gangster, kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, why not have another version of him? But for, yeah, for whatever reason, it just did not click with the public, did it? At the same time, everyone clicked, you know, for the most part with Harley Quinn as you know, Mugger Robbie, so. I think yeah. we all collectively just need a little break from the Joker. I think he's yeah. been yeah, so true. outdone yeah. and just let's put him to bed for a bit, all right? Let's let the Jared Leto stuff wash away <laughs> and then maybe in a few years once we've done some other more interesting projects, he can come back. Every single thing is to do with the Joker. Like, go away. <laughs> go away. Well, well let, me, let me ask you this. Like, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the Batman hopefully – doesn't have the Joker in it. Mm. Like it's been reported he's not in it. I really hope mm. there's not even a reference to him in that film. What did you think of Jared Leto and Zack Snyder's Justice League though? Was he better? Was he the same? Well, I, I didn't mind him, but also he's not really in it. So um, I know, but for the bit he's in. Well, are there, yeah. So now you, have you seen that one yet? The original one or the Snyder Cut? Because I haven't seen Snyder Cut. Yeah, Snyder Cut. Yeah, Snyder Cut. Yeah. No, I haven't seen we've, it. You've got to set aside like a whole day when you're off. No. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> it's good. It's I'm good. Sure, but I don't want to re-watch a cut of a film. Oh, Just it's, stop meddling it's, everybody. Yeah, agreed. But it's 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 different <laughs> enough, Lonnie. It is right? different, yeah. It's, there's it's, lots of new stuff in it. It's okay, a lot better. okay. But it's something funny, Dylan. You're a big DC head, so I want to put this oh, to yeah. you. Sure. You know, in the same time period where this has been going on with some of these remakes and redos of DC movies, we've mm. had, you know, lots and lots of different Marvel movies, right? And, you know, sometimes mm. they're a bit the same, like similar sort of treading the same path, but also at least they're making different movies. DC spent so many millions of dollars remaking the Snyder Cut. Like, they made that movie twice, let's face it. And yeah. now they've had two shots at the Suicide Squad as well. And they haven't had a Superman movie in years. Criminal. Like, what's going on there? What's the, the hell? Oh, I don't know, man. They, they're just doing whatever they want, aren't they? Really? I don't. I don't know why there hasn't been another Superman. Um, Henry Cavill's great. He's like near perfect as Superman. Mm-hmm. He's just been wasted. He's uh, he's like in the DCU as much as Harley Quinn is. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that weird? And he's been crazy. Around since, yeah. Twenty. 20- 13, I think, the Man of Steel, yeah. They haven't done anything like with him. Mm. Total yeah. waste. I, I agree, Lonnie. Like, I think I said to you, like, how many chances do these guys get? So the first Suicide Squad <laughs> flop, right? And then, so we're going to give them millions of dollars to make another one, reboot, sequel, whatever you want to call it. What if Reboot-ful. this had flopped? Reboot pool, good. I like that. <laughs> but what if this had flopped? Are we going to mm. give them another billion dollars or whatever to make a third one? Like, where did it end? You know. I think it. Um, I think it did flop, didn't it? It's got really great critical reception. It's got ninety-one on um, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but it hasn't made back its budget apparently. So. Well, no. I mean, that's that's because they released it on HBO Max the same day. I mm. mean, that's what do yes. you expect? And there's like a pandemic and whatever. So that's yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll probably so make we- its money back eventually, but yeah. So we can be prepared for a Suicide Squad coming back in <laughs> a few years. <laughs> we just keep adding prepositions. Uh, that'd be good. Okay, we're talking around the movie. Let's get back into the movie, guys. Okay. okay. Anawe. What do we think? <laughs> King Shark. Yeah. Love him. Sylvester Stallone as the voice. Genius. Um, I didn't mind him. I think oh. I prefer this intelligent... Um, King Shark mm. from the, the TV show Harley Quinn. Yeah, hard agree. Oh, yeah, overall, mm. obviously, yeah. But for what his purpose is in this movie, mm. bit of fun having Sly play him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, right. I didn't mind him. But I kind of feel like people could just go watch Harley Quinn and get the the definitive, the, the best ever King yeah. Shark. Okay. okay. Um, 
as far as other characters go, I was really into Ratcatcher 2. Um, <laughs> it was, I was interesting that when you think about it, every character in this movie has daddy issues or mommy issues, <laughs> apart from her because she's got a great dad. <laughs> yeah. Taco well, Aditi. Yeah, heroin addict. Oh. Well, I, I, okay, Dylan. Okay. <laughs> well, he was. Yes. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Not Taika Waititi, the the character. No, I mean, he was still a good dad, though, apart from that. But, you know, that's a a fair enough point, actually. Now you mentioned it, that probably is her daddy issue, is that he's not around anymore. But um, isn't that funny? That's obviously a point with James Gunn, because daddy issues abound as well in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, don't they? Mm, Okay, okay. Um, That is interesting, isn't it? What do you think of Ratcatcher 2, Sine? Got a couple of points. Mm -hmm. Taika Waititi. So I loved him from the beginning, right? <laughs> was so on board with... When you were kids, you were... Yeah, we were, we're him. Stronger. You're one of his day ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come for the world of people is incredible. What we do in the shadows is incredible. Mm. Um, I was not a fan of his version of Thor Ragnarok, as close listeners of the pod will know. But I love him, right? Jojo Rabbit, incredible film, impeccable film. Mm. But I'm worried he's going to suffer from what I'm going to call the James Corden condition <laughs> where he's in everything yeah. and there was no need for this character to be Taika Waititi and we all know he's Taika doing a little accent <laughs> and I just it takes you out of the imaginary world of the film and I'm just, it's just like... Making my eye twitch a little how many film properties he's in and how many cameos he's doing. And I just, it's just getting to me just a little bit. He doesn't need to be in every film franchise, please. Oh, so he's a bit overexposed, you reckon? I think so. Well, let me put it to you this way. Mm-hmm. We lost the late, great Stan Lee. We did. RIP, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He was the king of the cameos. Mm. Someone has to take up that mantle, Sine. <laughs> No, no. Let's make it Taika. No, no. Why would you disgrace Stan's memory in that way? We can't oh. do we can't do cameos with anyone else. No, it, it was his thing. He's gone. We have to let it go. Oh, you know that's uh, <laughs> no. I, I think that, well, there's been a few cameo kings like Bruce Campbell's obviously in like every Sam Raimi movie. Is he mm, pretty Just much? About? I think yeah. Um, John Ratzenberger, every Pixar film, always look out for his voice. Why Why can't it be Tyker's turn, I put to you? Why not? Well, it can be. I'm just <laughs> going to be annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Can we talk about the most important feature of the film relating to Ratcatcher, though? Please, today, yeah. please. Um, Sebastian the Rat, whom <laughs> I would die for. I love him so much. He is perfect in every way. He offered Idris Elba a leaf, which is the highest honour, and the fact that he did not accept that with gratitude frankly shows a lot about him as a person. I got very concerned about his whereabouts when they were in the streets with the starfish people, mm. but he was integral. He was he was swimming along in there with them. Mm. And then you see oh, yeah, he's on the front lines. Oh, yeah. just 10 out of 10 character. Number one fan over here, little Sebastian. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, he was wonderful. 
And I got a bit worried though because he was so cute that you know James Gunn was setting us up to <laughs> love him and then kill him off. You know, but mm-hmm. no, nah, can't be stopped. And the thing I like about Sebastian is he doesn't seem to realize that he's on the Suicide Squad. Like he's part of the mission, but he's not a villain. Like he's clearly a heart of gold. He's just know? hanging around, just having a nice time. He loves his um mum, you know, or whatever. Ratcatcher 2 is to him. They're just like best mates or whatever. Also, she doesn't have powers either. She has a device that calls the rats. So can anyone use that device if it's in their hands? Yeah. Dylan, is there like I mean, some she's... sort of secret to it or something that she knows? Yeah, she said her dad taught her how to do it, but like all she does is just turn it on and twist it. Exactly. <laughs> like how hard <laughs> like... is it to learn? <laughs> yeah, and just point it at what she wants the rats to attack, I guess. <laughs> Maybe there's some sort of mental aspect where she's got to like direct mm. them or something, perhaps, like Ant-Man does or whatever. Yeah, it was kind of like, couldn't you just done this from the get-go, catch <laughs> at the end? Like, yeah, the, true. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's the ultimate um, ending to this. Okay, cool. But yeah. Good stuff. Well, I do, can I just say, I love that they actually commit to calling the character Ratcatcher 2. That's yeah. that's a very comic book thing to do, and yeah. I love that. That was good. But also, that I thought was great about her was that um, her sleepiness was model on Sine, So She's me as a character, essentially. Um, <laughs> I would be eaten by a shark and not wake up. It's true. <laughs> But then I'd want to reach out and be friends with them. Mm-hmm. So it's just me, essentially, in this film. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, that makes me Sebastian, I think. Yeah, what was the... Um, the <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> what does me pass that, I reckon? <laughs> yeah. um, the actor's name, was it Danielle Melchior? Yeah, from, from Portugal, yeah. Yeah, first English-speaking movie role. Yeah, way to go. Just, like, yeah, nail it from the get-go right? yeah, in a big movie. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, she is great. I thought I mentioned maybe Polka Dot Man. Now, I liked him and his, his backstory with his mom and everything. It was quite tragic, right? Mm. I've got a slight concern, though, that, like, the betrayal of his mother mm-hmm. being a sort of... You know, I'm, I'm not trying to have a go at the act, actor or anything, but, like, an unattractive older woman who's overweight, kind of, like, is that playing into stereotypes there? And also, you know, the idea of like, you know, if you're an unattractive person, you're evil kind of, like, kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Mm. What do you guys I think? I think also it's if you're a mum, you're undesirable, you're a mm. frumpy old lady who has no value in society. That's essentially what we're taught from a young, young age. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't sit right with me either. There's a couple of things that I felt like, I don't know if it's male gazy or just a bit, bit off like that. That was certainly one of them. Um, I also thought, like, John Cena's gratuitous tidy whitey <laughs> scene was just odd. The best scene? I, 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 odd, yeah, definitely odd. <laughs> Can I just say, I've got a quote here of what John Cena said. He goes, talking about James Gunn, he's obsessed with my tidy whities <laughs> and he likes to see me dancing around. Mm. Mm. That's Hopefully that was, like, in tongue-in-cheek. Great, right? Like, that's a weird thing to say. I don't know. I just... Who are you aiming this at? <laughs> Dylan, I think. Yeah, yeah, it plays me, definitely. John Cena, my boy. I mean, I've seen him shirtless his whole 10 years, so. I don't think the Since... shirt off was the problem, Dylan. I think the oh, no, it was, was the, the problem. <laughs> it was the gratuitous bulge was the issue, I agree, yes. But, I mean, running back to the mum, mm. James Gunn also does have the tendency sometimes to just run a joke into the ground, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. Like that mum joke with Polkadot Man, that started when he just first mentions that he pretends people are his mum when he kills them. And that's funny. It's, mm. That's a laugh. And then it actually shows him seeing everyone as his mum. Chuckle-worthy. Then we see it again at the club. Mm. It's a nose exhale at that point. <laughs> and then at the end when Star is his mum, it's like, come on, James, really? Yeah. Still. Needs to do his rule of three. Exactly. You took it one too fast, and hey. Yeah. So my my thing about her and her like the portrayal of the character, like she's evil clearly, and so mm. you know can't be too mad when the evil person is evil. Like I'm not saying she should have been a hottie or anything like that. It just kind of, you know what I mean? It's like I think maybe mm. what you're well one of the instances where it was really odd was in the club because he yeah. was surrounded by all these beautiful women and sort of quite skimpy mm. clothing 
and then the the gag there is that there's this older woman who's dressed in these weird like clothes yeah, that are yeah, unsuitable yeah, yeah. to her and dancing and how mm. ugly and fat and old she is like that's the joke that they're trying to put to us yeah and i just yeah didn't like that <laughs> yeah very low hanging fruit yeah i think that's it dylan good work yeah yeah, yeah. um i just guess we'll, i guess we'll go through the characters we're doing it anyway basically <laughs> um peter capaldi i thought he was a good thinker and a little bit of a naughty boy it seems <laughs> Are you referring to when he wants dozens of rats up his ass? I mean, you have to say it. Why I? have that in there? Why have that in there? Mm, what do you think of him, Sinead, Peter Capaldi? It's just Doctor Who, right? <laughs> so I said he's evil Doctor Who, basically, yeah. I don't, yeah, I didn't care for him. I don't know anything oh. about his character, to be fair. Like, I've never heard of that character before. So I have no idea what he does. I have no idea whether he's normally supposed to be evil or normally supposed to be good. What's his, no what's his deal, point. Dylan? He's like a, you know, the things in his head are supposed to make him smarter, aren't they? But he's also like an evil scientist, basically. That I think pretty much, yeah. I'm not actually not too familiar with the thinker, okay. to be honest. Because he's um he's an old villain. I think he was Jay Garrick Flash's villain, okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's yeah. more of a Flash guy, I think, yeah. Yeah, and he's one of those villains that there's been like five or ten different versions of the thinker throughout DC, so it's hard to get attached to one version, you know. They're called they're Legacy characters dylan or someone else can take off the mantle yeah kind of yeah, yeah. i guess yeah yeah um there's a few more characters as well who are like um like the villains who sort of a cannon fodder which i thought was an interesting way of bringing these characters in killing off because that's the idea of the suicide squad is that anyone can die at any point mm. um the one i want to mention though is sanae's best friend of all time yes flula borg flula thank you so much for um bringing that up on me mm-hmm. so i have been a fan of fuller's since back in the day when he used to post short youtube videos and i'll get lonnie to link to a couple in the description <laughs> pie is not easy eric is my anthem of choice it's true um something there's isn't there a shoe one remember the shoes in the pie anyway i love him so much <laughs> he's incredible and i was so excited because he's been getting more and more film roles to see him in his costume on Twitter, I was so excited. I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. So he's Javelin, just in case you weren't sure which character yes, he was. Yes, sorry, yeah. yes. <laughs> he plays a version of himself in everything he's in. It's the same character. He doesn't vary it at all. I actually am not convinced that his accent is like that in real life. I think it's put on a little bit. <laughs> but I was so excited. And then he and Harley were having a moment and then he died. So you, you build my hopes and dreams up, Mr. Gunn. I see him on Twitter and then you just go and kill him. Thanks a lot, buddy. What do you think of uh, Javelin Thula, Dylan? Oh, yeah, he was, he was pretty good, yeah. I mean, that, how Sinead feels about him is pretty much how I felt about Captain Boomerang. So. Oh, there you go. I, okay. I, hear, I, I feel you, Sinead. I feel you. Yeah. It hurt. It is kind of funny as well. It's like... The idea of that the opening scene is like anyone can die at any point, but our main guys aren't going to do that. So <laughs> don't worry too much. It's just all the cannon fodder mm. die. Oh yeah, a few of the main crew died. Like yes. Milton died. Before. Hey, that's true. Milton did die. <laughs> so I was also both those characters in that situation. I was Polka Dot Man and Harley Quinn. Milton died. <laughs> Who's Milton? He was with us the whole time. I think I'd know if someone called Milton was with us the whole time. I think I know that. And then clearly his name's Milton and he's dead. Oh, that Milton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally a beat for beat conversation I have with Lonnie when I'm, he's like, remember this video? What video? Do you know what I mean? I ask you things like that all the time. Because you, you mentioned this, I think, on the podcast before, Sinead, but since we've been together, you've just given over part of your brain space to me. You're just like, I don't need to think about this anymore. It wasn't a conscious it? decision though, which is what's terrifying about it. My brain's just gone, no, <laughs> not retaining that. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. Can I can I just get into my huge major gripe and some plot issues? Okay, please Ooh. do. I'd like to definitively know whether this is a reboot or a sequel, please. Can one of you tell me? It's both. It's reboot. It can't or? be both. It can't be both. It can't be. Well, Sine, what, well, what's Mad Max Fury Road? A reboot? Cool. 
It's like the same situation, kind of. It's not a sequel, though. That's just... No, I'd say that's a reboot. Because it's similar to having different James Bonds come in. Well, all those James Bonds, except for Daniel Craig, apparently they're all supposed to be the same character, though. Mm, I don't know about that. Maybe. Well, they are. Mm. <laughs> I know it's it's stupid, but they are supposed to be, yeah. So what, what's your point here, Sinead? You think that should have been clearly a whole new movie or clearly a sequel to the last movie? I think it kind of is a sequel. I think that's where I'd come down on that. Here's yeah. here's what I can't get on board with. It's the same name. I just don't. Like, don't do that. You've already pissed me off. I'm already coming into it arms crossed. What What are you doing? It makes no sense. And the whole film, I'm confused because a big point of the first film is that Viola Davis has this huge reveal that she's the evil mastermind behind it all. Whereas here she's already evil, right? So did she have that big reveal? Was she evil all along? Very confused. Also, they hit her in the back of the head with a golf club and you see her later on just with an ice pack. Her skull would be caved in. She would have a traumatic brain injury. She would be disabled for the rest of her life. And also, she's just okay with it. She just shoots them a dirty look and, like, that's it. What? Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, I guess the question is why doesn't she fire them, but I guess maybe they've got dirt on her because she wasn't going, she was going to kill them all for no reason, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, or maybe she realised she was wrong, possibly. It's all, it's oh, still worked out in the end, didn't it? Maybe. Yeah, we're all happy, aren't we? But no, fair point to Nay. probably should have killed her. And also, why is she just okay with it? Yeah, I don't know. But like, what is it, though? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah, we can say it was fairly enjoyable or whatever, but like, what are we doing? We're, we're literally making a different version of the film. This is like, you know what this is? This is George Lucas on steroids. This is George Lucas going back to the prequels and adding dinosaurs that block half the screen so I can't see what's going on because they can't let things go. The movie flopped. Let it go. Try again in 10 years, right? I just, ugh. Why do we have this inability to, like, leave things be? We always have to come revisit, like, Pixar films and make a sequel or, like, I don't know, just let things be. Well, Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but the way I've understood the way this all played out yeah. is that they wanted to do more Suicide Squad, but they had a few like attempts, but it all fell over at DC. And then James Gunn was fired by Disney slash Marvel based on some you know, pretty trumped up charges. And yeah. then DC were like, oh, well, come work with us. And they gave him like carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And they were kind of hoping that he would do a Superman movie. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think they said do what you want, and he he wanted to do Suicide Squad. So blame blame him, Sinead. That, that's <laughs> blame the thing James I'm Gunn. saying. I'm getting that. So I think he was like, I think I want to do Suicide Squad. So again, like the <laughs> well, this one. Yeah. They they said you can make any DC movie <sighs> you want. We kind of maybe this is a story that's come out. So I don't know how true it is, but this is the story they've sort of delivered to us all. They were like, maybe Superman because, you know, we need a Superman movie. But he was like, no, I want to do Suicide Squad. And then, well, that's the studio's problem for giving him open reign. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well. And at the same point, Disney were like, actually, maybe come back and make us a Guardians movie. He's like, okay, but I want to do this one first. So, hmm. What a disaster. No, not a disaster. It's a good movie. No, I just mean the way, the like, way it plays. Production and studio crap that always seems to cloud these issues. Like, same with Zack Snyder with the whole Batman thing, and I just, I'm over it. I enjoy doing a film. I don't want to see the fallout from an executive decision. Mm. Fair enough. It's hard to divorce those in your mind sometimes, isn't it? Mm. Um, We haven't mentioned Starro. Who? (laughs) The big starfish. Oh, God. Yep. Star of the Conqueror. Yeah. Dylan, what's the, what's the background on Starro? What do you what can you tell us about Mr. Starro? Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not too familiar with him. All I know is just that he was the Justice League's first villain, really. Mm. I know that apparently he scared James Gunn as a kid a lot. Mm. 
and he also thought that like, well, no one else is going to ever put Starro in a mil- in a movie, <laughs> so I'm going to do it. So does it fit with the Suicide Squad film? Yeah, it's debatable. Not really. I feel like it only came in to be an issue in the film like halfway through. Like I feel like we were doing something and all of a sudden we've got to stop this villain. I guess like it was it like, the reveal, of like the yeah, but what like, they were getting at. Yeah. It's a starfish. An alien starfish. Again, what are we doing? <laughs> Why are we stabbing it in the eye? Why are we swimming around in eye goop? Why is it latching onto people's faces and we're just shooting them in the head because there's no way to save them? Like, just stop for a second and, and explain to me what we're doing. Well, Sonia, if you recall, we went to Warner Brothers Movie World not too long mm-hmm. ago for White Christmas last year. It was a good time. We went on the, the Justice League ride and we had guns and we were, like, shooting things. Oh, that was them! Mm, the little Star Wars. <laughs> huh. There you go, hey? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that ride sucks, though, right? It was, it was fine. Well, I went on it once, and when I went on it, half the screens were blue screens with an error message on it, so <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone back since. Caught him on a bad day. Starro's good, isn't he? Yeah. I felt sorry for Starro being held up and, you know, being captured and, and um, experimented upon. And I thought there were some interesting points in the movie about how America goes around the world and, you know, does all these sort of shitty things and then gets covered up and but it's still okay because they're the good guys in the world and some you know eyes of the world sometimes i thought that was kind of an interesting point to have in a major hollywood movie mm. Mm? No? Yeah. Mm? yeah 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 mm. yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah um but also yeah starro you know this is a silly question you can ask about any movie pretty much in a wider cinematic universe but it's like as soon as Starro as as gets out, why doesn't Superman just fly in and sort it out? That's the big issue, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's everything DC, though. Why isn't Superman helping out or Flash? <laughs> True. Who could get there in two seconds? Yeah. yeah. All it would take, though, is one line of dialogue saying, oh, we reached out to him and he can't come because he's looking after something else or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Like, at least put it in context for us. I guess Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So the heroes are finding a, an alien. Why not? Mm. Yeah. Would have taken two seconds to say, and fills a plot hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think I don't know much about the Suicide Squad uh, comics, Dylan. You might have known a bit more than me, but mm. are they generally doing sort of smaller scale things? Like, just yeah, g- generally from mm. from what I've seen, anyway. Yeah, okay. Um, I read the comics for a bit, uh, like two thousand sixteen ish. It's pretty small scale stuff. And the animated movies are fairly self-contained as well. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, why would they do the big stuff? That's for the Justice League. <laughs> and that's the thing. They're, they're sort of doing things that are off the books, aren't they? So Yeah, it's supposed to be doing undercover dangerous stuff. That's mm. generally their thing, yeah. Mm. But having said that, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the whole movie. I didn't mind what they were doing. But um, I don't know. It was a little bit like... This is a... Maybe... Let me get say about every movie, but it was like... At the end, what was the point of that? You know, <laughs> that, I, I guess it's what you're saying, Sinead, too. You're like, why, why, why? Well, I'm open for an answer. I just don't think there mm. is one. Um, could I make a comment about the humour? Dylan, you were talking about jokes being run into the ground. Mm-hmm. One thing I despise is the current humor trend that's sort of going around film and tv at the moment where it's a very self-deprecating humor that undercuts everything um sure that talks about the cool vest that natasha's wearing or whatever and making fun of the pockets for example uh, yeah yeah I hear you. I hear <laughs> and it's in this as well like when god who is it the captain man rick flag rick flag yet yeah, with the other guy Bloodsport? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Harley's just escaped and she's in the back of the cab and she sees them and then she goes and says, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we were going to rescue you and it was going to be really cool too. It was going to be had all this planned and it was going to be great. Mm. Why does every 
joke these days? Why is it all filtered through that lens of like not taking anything too seriously? Why is that our chosen form of humor in the zeitgeist at the moment? Yeah, no, I hear. And it's in the prison as well when they like explain Bloodsport's backstory, and then Peacemakers was the same. Yes, exactly. Guys, he's just me. What are you doing? Yeah. Lonnie, thoughts? I think it's too much relying on subverting expectations and subverting tropes. Again, I'm going to reference that video from Jack Howard who said, if you tell us that things aren't important and can just be joked away, then we're not going to invest with any of it. Mm. And that's that's your main problem with Ragnarok, isn't it, Sine? It's my main problem with Ragnarok, and I will not get off my high horse about it. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I suppose it's it works better for this because you aren't supposed to get attached to the characters, I guess, because they could die at any minute, and most of them agreed. But are not I don't think it was that intentional, was it? Can oh I... no, no. I think I agree. That's a, that's a happy accident, almost. Sure. A Bob Ross happy yeah. accident, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just over it. All right, let's bring this up. I'm going to say two things that I love, and then I want each of you to tell me your favorite <gasps> thing about the movie. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yes, ma'am. So. I'm going to do mine sort of in two parts. One, I really liked the fight scenes. I thought they were really cool. They were a mm. bit too gory for my personal preference, but I, it made sense in the context of the film and I thought they were really interesting choreography to it. I also really enjoyed the absurdism, like the flowers and the sort of harsh cuts sometimes. It felt very stylized and I really liked that. And it gave me perhaps an outlandish statement to make, but I got Edgar Wright vibes a little just in the in the sort of absurdist stuff. Sure. I don't know how well he's respected now after Ant-Man, but early Edgar Wright. He didn't do Ant-Man, so that's cool. Yeah, it's oh, not his fault. <laughs> he was taken <laughs> off Ant-Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe it would have been better if he was there. Yes. Yeah. So I think definitely. they're my favourite things. Dylan, what about you? What's your favourite favorite thing, if you had to pick one? Oh, man. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I did really like John Cena as Peacemaker. I, I actually mm-hmm. quite like that scene where I think it's one of the best jokes in the film where they just destroy that entire camp thinking they're going to rescue Flag. <laughs> He's actually mm-hmm. been saved by them. They've been inadvertently just murdered all of the freedom fighters. I think that was darkly funny. It was. Loved it. Yeah. Long? Didn't need to see a penis in that scene. <laughs> it was a bit... <laughs> It's just very confronting. I just watched The White Lotus where I saw more dick and balls than I ever cared to in my life and now I've got John Cena's tidy whities Just stop assaulting me with dicks, please. Fair enough. <laughs> it's a, that's a fair request, I reckon. Thank you. I think we can all agree to that one. I think we all... <laughs> Lonnie, what was your favourite thing about the film? Um, I think overall I liked like the pacing. I thought it was good and... It was a fun watch, really, you know. Um, I agree I with Dylan. a specific so. thing. I'm, I'm just going through it. I'm, going, I'm leading up to a, okay. a specific thing. We're taking a run-up, yep. I, <laughs> I agree with Dylan that Peacemaker, interesting character, and one I haven't really seen on screen before, so I'm keen mm. to that. But the one thing in particular is the fight between Peacemaker and Rick Flag, where mm. they're fighting in the reflection of the helmet. That was a really cool shot. Yeah. There were some really interesting shot mm. choices, weren't there? Mm-hmm. And, like, the rat lady on the in the van and having that projected onto the window of the mm. van was really cool. There were some really interesting cinematography choices, which I appreciated. And yeah. actually, now that you've reminded me of that, I think it's going to bump up my rating just a little bit. Oh, there you go. Mm. Yeah, you can't deny that James Gunn is a great filmmaker. Yeah. And I think even the things that we haven't fully been on board with, you still like it in some ways in this for me at least. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with Harley having her own little storyline, it's hard to be too mad about that because it was a really funny and interesting character development for her, I think, even though it maybe didn't quite gel with everything else. And same with like, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of King Shark just being a big dumb idiot, but still kind of funny. And, you know, there was a nice scene where he makes friends in the with the fish in the aquarium, <laughs> you know, like, why is there an aquarium in this place? I don't know, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Bizarre, isn't it? Um so I think yeah, you really you can't you can't fault the passion and the filmmaking techniques and style, even if it didn't 100 percent work across the board. 
Yeah, I agree. Well said, Lou. Thank you. Anything else you want to say, Dylan? Um, I think, like, the setting of Corto Maltese is a bit, you know, a bit ordinary. It wasn't very vibrant or that exciting. Yeah, that. that's true. Yeah. It's a little bit like, yeah, why there are people around it. It's just <laughs> very empty sort of set, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not very interesting to look at. It's just, yeah, just run down buildings and that. And I get it. That's a setup to there being millions and millions of rats on the island, but <laughs> still. No, fair enough. Yeah. Will you watch another one of these, Dylan? Another Suicide Squad? Mm. The third one? Mm. Yeah, of course. Okay. Like the first two. <laughs> Why wouldn't I like the third? <laughs> that's good. No, you might have been over it. You might have been like, that's enough. No. Okay. Give me all good. the DC that I can handle. You're a DC boy, aren't you? Not so much Marvel these days. Nah, nah. Pretty done with Marvel for the most part. Mm. Shall we do some ratings now? Sinead, out of five. Please give <sighs> us your, your reasoning for every oh, start. I, I shall. Um, I think what I'm going to land on is three because I enjoyed it. I thought it was – there were some interesting film techniques at play, interesting shot choices – felt really fresh and fun but for me I can't go past the fact that it's impossible to divorce from Suicide Squad and you can't give me a reboot call and tell me so some of the stuff that happened in the first one you need to remember because we're going to build on that but then we're just going to discard everything that's not convenient to us for this story that's I think that's an unfair burden to put on a watcher on a viewer I just, I don't think, like, how am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to be paying attention to and what I'm not, you know? Anyway, I think I'm going to go three because you're right. I still did enjoy it even though I have issues with it. But I'm not happy about it and I just like that noted <laughs> for the record, okay? Three out of five is the recommendation to watch it, so I think that's fair enough. What Dylan, about you? Dylan, please tell us. Oh, uh, Yeah. Probably a four, I guess, I would say. You know, Reasons? I quite liked, well, quite liked most of it. As I said, there's a lot of characters I like, like King Shark, Peacemaker. I did like Bloodsport in the end, even mm -hmm. though I was just dead shot again. <laughs> um, I like that they stay true to the concept of the Suicide Squad, which is anyone could die at any minute. Mm -hmm. Never know who's going to live through it. Uh, Reason it's not five. Sick of Harley. Wow. Pretty huge, much. Huge call. Yeah, and I don't like Margot Robbie's portrayal. So, you know, there's that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go four stars too, mainly for the reasons I've already said. But, yeah, I would recommend it. And I think it was really, really good um, filmmaking. And I'm, I'll, watch, I'll watch another one for sure of these characters, I think. But I'm with you, Sine, in the sense of... If you never know what's actually important, yeah, why are you invested in this? If another movie comes along and suddenly Polka Dot Man is alive, you're like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> why did I care when he died then, for yeah. example? So, yes. Not even that, though, because I do have gripes with that happening where they're like just a new director ignores something that happened within the franchise done by another director, for example, the Star Wars yeah. trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um I think my issue is that they, they, they're building on some of the narrative elements in Suicide Squad, but then we're pretending that certain things just didn't happen because it doesn't really fit for this. Like, I think that's more what I'm trying to get at. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we've done it. We've done it, guys. After <laughs> several months of waiting, <laughs> we finally did it. Thank you so much, Dylan, for coming on board and talking Thank about it. Thank you, Dylan. Oh, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Uh, Dylan, this morning a trailer dropped for another show, which we could get your uh, thoughts on potentially in the future. Um, it's called Emily in Paris. You ever heard of it? Uh. <laughs> um, the the name rings familiar. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, we should do a, maybe a watch party or I know we, we've sort of got someone else this lined up. This is my up, personal but... hell. <laughs> Emily in Paris is Erica's domain. I need her with me to get through okay. this. Okay, all right. Maybe it's something we can do separately, Dylan. Have you explained to Dylan this? ridiculous obsession you have with this show oh i think dylan knows yeah it's bad but lonnie likes it anyway he tries to get it into every single podcast that we record dylan 
Oh yeah, that's it's called a prank, Sinead. <laughs> you got I good. Hate it. You got I good. hate the prank. <laughs> no, thank you for that, Dylan. That was good. Thanks for um, obliging. Um, you can find more of Dylan's thoughts on "I Miss You, Man" the podcast that we do together. Dylan, what's the best episode someone should listen to if they wanted to get a taste of "I Miss You, Man"? Uh, let's roll with the theme of this one and go with obscure comic book characters. It's a good uh, foundation, yeah. I reckon. It's one of our best ones, actually. Oh, Who's your nice. favourite obscure comic book character? Well, I like Armful Off Boy, and I don't like that they didn't call him that in this movie as well. That's actually another quibble. Sorry, Ooh, what? Who? Armful Off Boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was Nathan Fillion. He was the detachable kid in this. Oh, the guy. Yeah, his arms came off and he went and just punched everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's supposed. I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's supposed to be armful off boy. Like the powers mm. function pretty much the same, and they just didn't call him that. So yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been funny because he would have been calling himself like this cool name, like TDK, and then when he used his powers, everyone could be like, "Oh, good on your armful off boy." You know. Good point. That would have like fit into everything. Yeah. yeah, but no, didn't do it. Oh well. Crying shame. I'm not mad. <laughs> Just very frustrated with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, Sinead, I'll be back next week. I think we're looking at the newsreader, Sinead, if we get time to watch it all. Hopefully. Yeah, doing a bit of Australian TV. Australian drama. Grassroots sort of connect with the, the Australian film industry. Check in every now and then, see what's happening. Get some see how it's going along. Get some culture in ya. <laughs> all right, then. Well, until next time, everybody. I like movies. <laughs> What? Before I miss you, man, we always say miss you, man, at the end. I was going to do the same thing, but it didn't quite work, did it? No, we need to work on the sign-off. All right. right. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.